This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Now we turn to PC of another kind, political correctness. Has it gone too far? Most of us think so, according to a new poll from the Angus Reid Institute. The survey defined political correctness as the avoidance of certain words or actions that might offend some groups. And most of us say that we have curbed our tongues for that reason, and we don't like it. And not surprisingly, there's a demographic divide, and the older we are, the less we like it. So, 82% of Canadians over the age of 55 say political correctness has gone too far, compared to 78% of those between 35 and 54, and 67% of those 18 to 34. Well, now we're going to talk to a guy who says that political correctness is even affecting our humor. Mark Breslin is the founder of Yuck Yucks, and he joins me now. Hi, Mark. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, thank you. So, has political correctness gone too far? Well, first of all, we have to establish what the context is. Um, speaking in public on a, on a stage is one context, and speaking, say, at a water cooler at your office is a completely different context. Uh, political correctness practiced by professional comedians uh, is one thing. Uh, political correctness when you're just talking uh, amongst your friends is is quite another. Um, I've always, right from the beginning, the whole issue of censorship and free speech has been emblematic in my career and the career of all the comics that I work with. Um, It is the single most important uh, issue for us. And as you're probably aware of the Mike Ward case uh, that's happening in Quebec right now, um, it has great, great, great uh, impact on the way comedy is, is being done. Um, Can you uh, refresh our listeners with the details of that? There's a a wonderful comic in in Quebec, uh, in Montreal, named Mike Ward. He primarily works in French, although he started working in English. Um, uh, A couple of years ago, there was a... Um, a teenager, a young teenage boy who had a learning disability or some kind of disability, and he was uh, a good singer, and they had him sing the national anthem, I think, when they threw out the ball at the Expos, and then he sang for the Pope, um, and Mike Ward made fun of him. He made fun of him incessantly. He kept making fun of him, and the family took this to the Human Rights Commission, and the Human Rights Commission in Quebec um, uh, fined him, I think, $46,000. This is, of course, really, really significant because it puts a kind of uh, libel chill, uh, slander chill on the entire comedy business, potentially. Now, I think Ward is, um, he's a wealthy guy because he's very successful in Quebec, although you may not have heard of him here. Um, I think he's challenging this, and it'll probably go all the way to the Supreme Court. But a similar thing happened out in British Columbia about uh, three years ago, where um, a comic was on stage at an open mic. He wasn't a great comic. He was a new comic. There were two women making out in front of him, and he started making fun of them as lesbians, and they took him to the, uh, to the Human Rights uh, 
group there. Uh, and again, he was found guilty and fined. Uh, but in general, I mean, we see a lot of uh, comics there, no holds barred. You would think that in a lot of ways, it's kind of the last bastion where, where people get away with saying all kinds of things. Well, I can tell you that certainly in, in my clubs, I have never, ever censored anybody. And uh, if an audience member should come up to me and say, hey, that guy said something about abortion I didn't like, I would say, well, then I don't think you should come to this club. Um, I may be unique in, in, that, <laughs> in that respect. Um, but, you know, it's funny about political correctness because it always is about um, – it's, it's a Swiss cheese um, because it's about stuff that affects you. And if it doesn't affect you, you might not care. The line is fluid. Even that poll that, it, that was taken really didn't fi- define political correctness. And what is politically incorrect for one person is perfectly fine for another. It sort of defined it as saying that if, if you've ever stopped yourself from saying something because you think it might affect someone. Well, wait a minute, Libby. That's yeah. not political correctness. That's good old-fashioned politeness. And I think that that's, that's perfectly fine. There are many things I wouldn't say to my wife. I wouldn't say, uh, you know, you don't look good in that dress. Is that politically incorrect to say that? Um, I think to be polite to people in a context where you're working peer-to-peer is actually a good thing. But I think it's death when it uh, involves the arts and, and, and creativity. Because when you're on stage or you're writing a book or a column or you're doing your radio show, there's always a context to it of exploration and discovery. And with a comic, it even goes further in that comics are liars. Everyone knows comics are liars. They tell lies that reveal a deeper truth. That's one of the reasons you might go to a to see a comic. Um, so they're exploring dangerous ideas on stage, and they're exploring dangerous personae. Now, I asked Mike Ward why he would go after some poor, innocent kid, and he said, because I need to be a bad boy on stage. People have to see that I am a bad boy, and that is more important than um, offending somebody who's actually put themselves out there as a public uh, individual. You know, years ago, Libby, I used to do jokes about Terry Fox, terrible jokes about Terry Fox. Not because Shame on you. Sorry? Shame on you. Shame on me is right. I mean, the people in the audience were offended, but I wasn't attacking Terry Fox as Terry Fox. I was actually attacking the notion of heroism, which I found kind of offensive, and especially commodified heroism. And that was really what I was talking about. But um, to to censor myself, and self-censorship is the worst form of censorship, to censor myself uh, would have been worse than anything I could ever say about anybody or, or anything. Mark, uh, I want to give the numbers out again to hear what people out there have to say. It's 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. I want to hear from you. Do you think political correctness has gone too far? Apparently, most of us do. Now, th- th- there is a context for this, Mark. And, uh, you know, those of us who watch intently the election south of the border, you're looking at Donald Trump, who basically says the first thing that comes into his head, he's made comments about minorities. He's made comments saying a, a judge can't can't make a reasonable, uh, uh, can't adjudicate a trial because of his ethnicity. Um, he says all kinds of things. Uh, and uh, part of the reason that this has so much resonance is because he's saying this uh, in an era where we are plagued with political correctness. What do you think? 
I don't think that I can think of a presidential candidate in my lifetime who would have said anything like that, even in an era where it wasn't uh, an era of political correctness. Um, Trump is, a, is a, just a slob. Uh, he's a moral slob. And um, he could have said similar things in a, in a more diplomatic way, but I think his refusal to be diplomatic um, immediately eliminates him as a presidential candidate. Right. But, I, but what I'm saying, so first of all, we have no say in that, obviously. No. But, but um, I think that one of the reasons that his whole shtick, and I will call it a shtick, is finding so much resonance is because there is an atmosphere of political correctness. No, I would say in his case, there's an atmosphere of um, of hating elites and hating um, minorities at the same time. It's a bizarre coalition of interests that that, that entertain the idea of a President Trump. Um, I, but you know, if we can get back to something that maybe is is closer to uh, something on uh, in in my actual world. Um, it's interesting to see what people what offends people. Sometimes it's not what you think at all. For instance, um, I used to when I was on stage in the days when I was on stage back in the eighties and nineties. My act was extremely uh, vituperative, extremely uh, edgy. Um, I went after everybody um, and everything. And one night uh, after I finished my show in Vancouver, the manager came up to me and said, "I think you're going to have to talk to this woman. She's in, in tears. She's so upset by what you said." And I thought, okay. Was it the comments of, about black people? Was it a comment about uh, diabetics? Was it about uh, 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 people who are, uh, well, I called them retards then. Um, what is it? What, <laughs> don't what do that go, now. Her... Sorry? I said don't do that now. No, don't do that now. But I would. But um, And I get a laugh. But um, uh, uh, comedy's not for the sensitive. It's definitely not for the sensitive. You have to have a thick skin to enjoy comedy. Uh, and I have the thickest skin of all. Nothing ever offends me. But, but listen to this. So the woman came uh, backstage to see me, and she was in tears. In tears. And I said, okay, what happened? What's wrong? She said, how could you say such horrible, horrible things about cats? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's good one she cared about she didn't care that I may have insulted minorities she didn't care that I may have been, um, insulted women she didn't care about any of those things she cared about her cats it, t- it takes all kinds at the show um, Mark let's take a call from Jim in Hanover hi Jim Hi. well oh. I have a bit of a sense of humor and where I come from they had a great saying you take the village idiot you educate them and all you've got is an educated idiot. But they'll always find a job in the government. And I've said this to people that have been higher than me in ranking, and they've come back and give me a little nudge and said, I qualify for your theory. So they admitted they'd made a mistake, and they got thinking, well, I was an idiot for doing that. But the politicians that makes me laugh is they're like all puppets. It used to be from Canada, it was coast to coast. Now it's coast to coast to coast. And they all say it, just like trained puppies. And we used to take our product to the wharf or to the docks or to the port. Now we take it to Tidewater, and they all say it. And it just makes me sick when I hear them talking like that because they're like trained puppets. And the other one is we're all moving forward. Well, of course we're all moving forward, but you've got to look back and see what you did behind you before you go any further ahead. That's about all I have to say. Okay. All right, Jim. Thanks for your call. Thank you. I have no idea what that was about. <laughs> I'm not sure myself. I have no idea whatsoever. So, um, so uh, do, do you 
find uh, more of a chill lately? Um, you know, you've said you've take you take everybody on, uh, but you know. These days, would you hesitate about saying something about a minority or anything like that, Mark? Well, I'm not really on stage much I know. anymore, but I, but I do promote comics, and I would have no problem with a comic who was, was making racial jokes or, or, or you know, gender jokes or anything like that. But there's a nuance here that's really important. Audiences, comedy audiences don't come anywhere for, uh, to clubs so that they can hate. It's not about hate. Um, they're going to laugh. Um, if, an, if a comic indicates in other ways, uh, through the way they say something, uh, through the context of what they're saying, that they are actually serious about disliking a group of people because of the color of their skin or uh, their sexual preference or anything like that, the audience will turn on them. The audience will not be on their side. The only reason they're on their side is because they know they don't mean it. Now, a perfect example of that is, I don't know if you know the comic Lisa Lampanelli, but she's kind of like the Don Rickles of, of today. And she takes on everybody, but it's such a cartoon of, um, t- of political incorrectness that it's obvious she doesn't mean it. And especially because you take a look around at her audience and everybody's there, every possible ethnic minority. She has a huge gay following. Um, it's, um, every, every joke has a target. Freud used to say that. Every joke has a target. So if you eliminate all targets, you'll eliminate all comedy. We need a thicker skin. We need to know when it's just a joke. And we, know, we need to know when it's just releasing tension. Okay. What do you think of a, a, you know, a phenomenon, say, uh, watching Jon Stewart and his successor? It seems to me that there was a point where it's kind of veered beyond comedy and, and into more into making a political point uh, in a way that was not necessarily funny. Do you see that as a trend in comedy now? Well, those late-night shows are kind of interesting hybrids, um, and it doesn't matter whether you're talking about Samantha Bee or Jon Stewart or Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah or Bill Maher. Um, part, there is a tradition in comedy of speaking the truth, uh, speaking truth to power, as they say, and that goes all the way back to Mark Twain. So um, I love those shows. Um, I love what they're doing. Um, I, I think that um, political satire is a great, great tradition. Um, it's practiced very little here because um, it dates so badly. If you don't have a show uh, on TV, by the time you perfect a joke, it's gone. So a lot of club comics don't do that kind of comedy. Well, Canadians uh, have always been good at satire. Yes, because we're pressed to our noses are pressed to the window of world power. We're, we're among them, but we're not of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I find, so obviously you don't agree, but I find that there was a point where, say, Jon Stewart got a lot less funny when he got a lot more, I don't know, uh, serious about the politics. And, and uh, I don't watch Trevor Noah that much, but I rarely find him funny, though a lot of what he says is very interesting. Um, I'm really more of a Bill Maher fan because I think he's, he's found funny. a balance between funny and profound. So um, I prefer him. Okay. And also in terms of uh, taking on minorities and stuff uh, like that, one of the things that that I've noticed is that it's kind of like these days that you have to be a member of that group if you're going to say anything. Hence Russell Peters' success. Well, exactly. 
Russell Peters, the color of Russell Peters' skin and his background gives him license to pretty much go after everybody. Because he's a minority himself, he can say, look, I've, been, I've experienced discrimination, so I can talk about it, um, about anybody, and you'll all laugh. And people do. Well, he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy, but he could also be talking about the weather and be funny, but he chooses to talk about race. I mean, I'd say 90% of Russell Peters' act is about race. But then you have somebody like um, Aziz Ansari, who will say, nope, um, I've gone beyond race. Race doesn't matter to me. It's, one, it's an afterthought. Uh, and, and he actually, I think, uh, Ansari is coming from the sort of newer position of a post-racial world. And do you think, do you see a lot of that? Yes, I do, actually. And I'm starting to see that, say, in, in um, a, a lot of uh, people are not ident- coming out and identifying as a member of a group, uh, but as an individual, even though they may be a member of a minority. Um, uh, I've got, uh, I work with gay comics now who only later in their act may mention that they're gay. Um, because it's only part of what they do, and that's kind of a newer uh, a newer way to go. Or a lot of Jewish comics who are Jewish, but it's only part of what they what they talk about. It's not the most important part of it. It's part of it, and I think this is a development that we're now seeing. Right, because I, I have also noticed, you know, with gay comics, especially women, uh, it seems to be you know usually front and center. Yes, but then there's there's others that. It's not front and center. Of course, you know, a lot of it is also um, uh, other clues like, you know, how are they dressing, the haircut, um, uh, all that kind of thing also informs how we react to them um, and what, le- I guess, what level of gayness they want to put in their act. But, but uh, recently I've been working with some interesting new gay comics that um, if, you didn't know, if they didn't say I'm gay later on in their act and do some stuff about it, you wouldn't even know. That's interesting. When did that start happening? I'm sorry? When did that start happening? (sighs) Three, four years ago. um, There's people like James Adomian in New York who's got quite a following, and he's a gay comic who isn't a gay comic. You know, he doesn't capitalize um, his minority position. It's not capital G, gay comic. He's a gay comic. He's a comic who happens to be gay, just as there are comics who happen to be Italian, but they're not Italian comics. Let's give the numbers out again because we would have time for a couple of calls before we go. The numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We're talking about political correctness. Do you think political correctness has gone too far? Have you ever held your tongue or not said something or been really worried about something because of an atmosphere of political correctness? Do you think that Donald Trump's success is partly because he is the opposite of political correctness? He says anything that comes into his head about anyone. And I am on the line with Mark Breslin, the founder of Yuck Yucks, and we've been talking about political correctness and how it affects comedy. And so, Mark, uh, do you think uh, the, it is waning or waxing? It goes in stages, and it's actually cyclical. I remember that this hit um, a real high in the 90s, the early 90s, and it was mostly gender-based, not racial-based, and I had pickets outside my 
uh, club when I would feature somebody like Sam Kinison, uh, you know, feminists for healthy humor. And let me tell you, healthy humor, that's like a sober orgy. I don't think that's very interesting. <laughs> healthy humor. Really? I mean, come on, comics are the sickest people I, I know, and what they're doing is they're expressing their own, uh, you know, kind of a tiny bit of mental illness so that we can all be free. That's one way of looking at it. Uh, so, you know, it's it's interesting to me that, that there seems to be kind of, you know, a, a dichotomy. So there are some comics, you know, like those late night shows that I would consider extremely politically correct, and others who sort of go way, way out in the other direction, taking on whomever. Are you thinking people like Bill Burr and Joe Rogan and Howard Stern and people like that? Yeah, Howard Stern. Where's Howard Stern who's my, these who's days? He's become milder lately, if, yeah. you've, if you've been listening, um, because I think he's He's trying for a longer career, and you can only do any shtick long, uh, for a certain amount of time, and then it gets tiring. Mm-hmm. Do you think it'll work out for him as milder? Yeah, I think he's, well, yeah, I think he's an amazingly talented guy, so um, I think he, he could whatever he wanted to do. And it's milder only in comparison with what it was. It's milder only in comparison to what it was, I guess yeah. so. Uh, yeah, I it's, still find pretty it... edgy. it's still pretty edgy stuff, but I don't think he's throwing baloney at strippers' behinds anymore. <laughs> I you missed that? that one. You don't remember that? I don't remember well, that. Was a, when was, was that? It was a constant feature on his show. <laughs> I guess I didn't watch that often. I, I so who does sort that of... offend? Does it offend women or does it offend strippers or does it offend baloney makers? I don't know. Okay. I think that Robert in Toronto has a question for you. Hi, Robert. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, good. I wanted to ask uh, Mark uh, who his uh, heroes are in comedy. Okay. So well, I'm going to give I'll you hang a up and of... listen to you on the radio. Uh, okay, so I, I have a list, and you'll notice this list are probably comprised of many people who are or were considered or are considered politically incorrect. George Carlin, for sure. Lenny Bruce, for sure. Sam Kinison, for sure. Um, and then Chris Rock, um, Richard Pryor. These are all people who said stuff that offended somebody, um, and I think they were all brilliant. So they are my heroes. And uh, who do you think the coming heroes will be? Um, that's a harder question. But I did mention Bill Burr, and I did mention Joe Rogan. Um, I think these are people who are uh, pretty strong. And I think that Louis C.K. is incredibly honest and self-lacerating. He doesn't go after groups as much as he goes after himself. But it's the same, it's the same idea. Um, I think they're all fantastic. I love Samantha Bee's show. Um, she's working with the luxury of only having to do one show a week so she can keep the quality really, really high. Um, but these are, all, these are all great people. Here in Canada, I love Glenn Foster. I love Kenny Robinson. Those are two people who come from completely different ends of the political spectrum. One's left, one's right, but I love them both because at least they're talking about something weighty and substantial. So these are all people that I, I think a lot of. There's Aaron Berg in the United States now. He's, he's originally from Toronto, um, and he's, uh, his stuff has been called extremely politically incorrect. You know, he has, um, like a tri uh, he has bits like a tribute to 14 hookers, and he goes through all the prostitutes that he's been with. and it's, it's great stuff, and I think for sure feminists would be offended by it. What about uh, Louis Black? Is he just an angry old guy? 
No, I like Lewis Black. You know, we used to book Lewis Black way out west in horrible little towns. Um, before he was called Lewis Black, he used his original name. I can't remember, but it's um, like, I don't know, Morris Dickstein or something. <laughs> and um, he, was, he was not doing that kind of comedy at all. This is something he kind of came into. No, I think Lewis Black is terrific. Lewis Black is terrific. And uh, any other thoughts? We're just about to wrap up before you leave us. Well, you could ask me one last question and then I'll ignore it. How's that? <laughs> okay, so I think uh, in general you're not too worried about political correctness. Well, it depends where. Again, um, it's all context. The people who own comedy clubs and run the comedy business have an obligation to stand up for sp- freedom of speech. If the these clubs are often self-selecting, and the people who go to them don't expect political correctness, so why would they get it in the first place? But there are certainly other zones like television. Uh, or uh, radio, where people have different expectations. Theaters, people have very different expectations. People go to theaters of what would constitute appropriate discourse. Um, Luckily, these uh, kind of vaguely sleazy comedy clubs are keeping us free. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap things up. Mark Breslin, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.